You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. When you have such a solid foundation in your values, you're always reconsidering your normal because the world is changing so incredibly fast. What used to be okay or accepted 10 years ago, 20 years ago, often is not anymore. People are no longer here for it. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Pause on the Play. As always, it's amazing to see you here where you are challenged to reconsider your normal and consider realities you may be unfamiliar with in order to understand that they too are real. I am your host and conversation MC for the day, Erica Corday, here to get the dialogue going. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited to be recording again. Last week, I was completely down because COVID was like, I'm going to come and screw up your life this week. Congratulations. However, I am still here. I made it. (laughs) It did not take me out because a lot of people were not that fortunate. So I am very grateful to be here, to be on the mend, and to be back here recording this podcast for you. And as always, you know that this is a podcast where we want to make sure that we acknowledge that we are recording on the stolen land of the Susquehannock, Piscataway, and Antigua people native to this area known as Maryland. So this episode, we are having a really great episode where I have someone on that I've had on before. I've been on their show and I'm always excited to be able to talk with them. I have Rachel Cook with me today and Rachel has just, she always comes and brings so much just amazing goodness and insight and love, love, love having her here. As an award-winning business strategist and host of the Promote Yourself to CEO podcast, as well as founder of the CEO Collective and best-selling author, Rachel Cook is on a mission to end entrepreneurial poverty for women. Over the last 12 years, she has helped thousands of female entrepreneurs design predictably profitable businesses without the hustle and burnout that doing hashtag all the things inevitably accomplishes. In fact, Rachel is a sought-after speaker on entrepreneurship, marketing, and productivity, and has been featured by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, Forbes, Coaching Council, Female Entrepreneur Association, and more. Her real passion, though, is supporting savvy, soulful women as they implement the strategy systems and support to uncomplicate their business so they can work less and live more. 
the conversation that we had today, digging into values, digging into reconsidering your normal, as well as how taking our from implicit to explicit masterclass just supported her in such a powerful way. Like Rachel really just lays it all out. And the beauty of this conversation is this really was a great example of what it means to create relationships, what it means to be connecting with people on a much deeper and thoughtful and long lasting level. And Rachel is someone that we have, India and I both have created this amazing type of connection with. And these are the types of connections that are also often fostered in the community. And we talk about reconsidering your normal so often in the community because of the fact that, honestly, Rachel brought it up in the conversation here. There's no such thing as normal anymore. And so that place to be able to reevaluate and to decide what what really feels like the best choice for you and where you want to go and the type of impact that you want to create, what's the legacy you want to leave behind? Like that is exactly what we created the community for, and it's exactly what every single member in that room reminds us is possible whenever conversations are happening. And so we're just always just so humbled and just energized at the same time by everything that happens there. And so if you want to become a member, because I know you do, you can come over to pauseontheplay.com forward slash community and you can join today. All right, enough of me rambling. It's time to get this going. Let's do this. Hello, and always, it is such my pleasure to have you back here on the show. Welcome, Rachel. Hey, Erica. I'm always, always love having conversations with you. You know that. And I think anyone who listens to both of our podcasts or in is both of our worlds knows that you're one of my favorite people. Oh, thank you. And same, because I have learned so much just not only like witnessing everything that you do, but just being always just so grateful for how forthcoming and generous you are with what you know and what's possible. And that doesn't always happen in the business world. And so if I have not told you enough times, thank you (laughs) for just kind of being here and also for being a friend. I truly, truly value you. Yes, of course. So I want to start off um, with the fact that obviously Indy and I have been talking a lot about reconsider your normal. And it's not something Mm -hmm. that we just started talking about, but really framing it that way has has been super, super powerful. So I would love to know what reconsider your normal means to you. Oh, my gosh. When you sent this question over to me, um, I'm just like, what is normal anymore? I feel like the last few years, like (laughs) we don't know what way is up or down. It's just been, you've had to reconsider your normal, right? Because Mm -hmm. in the past, you know, three, four, five years ago, it's really easy to just kind of be going through life without really taking a minute to think through is this what I want? Is this what matters to me? Is this how I want to be going through life? And the last few years, everybody's had to reconsider their normal. And I feel like some people are so wanting to fall like default into however things were before. We see a huge number of people who 
are seriously in resistance that the world is changing at a faster pace than we ever could imagine. Mm -hmm. And it's not just on a micro or on a macro level, it's on a micro level too, right? Like on a macro level, socially, uh, politically, environmentally, there's all these huge things that are just shifting so quickly. But on a personal level, I think we all have to reconsider what we want our normal to look like. We get to choose what it looks like now. That part. And I love the fact that so often people can think about, okay, well, you know, how do I process things and what about me? But there is just this huge normal just on a life level that got snatched out. And having to pause long enough to really consider that is something that I don't know that we always do. Like I have some people around me that have been looking at, um, you know, buying homes. And when you look in any of these apps or on any of these listings, it'll say things like, you know, in 2050, here's the drought risk or things like that. And you're like, wait, I have to think about that. And it's like, yeah, you do. And that type of concept and that type of awareness really just brings up the fact that there's very little that we've taken for quote unquote normal at this point that we can continue to still do in that way. We just can't anymore. The only other option is to just kind of bury your hand, bury your head in the sand, you know, and I, unfortunately, I think a lot of people are doing that and for business owners, because that's who both of us are working with business owners and leaders, like we have to be aware of what is happening in the world now and how what's playing out on a bigger stage impacts us and impacts our clients, impacts our communities. If we just wait to sit back and see what happens, chances are it's it's happening too fast. You won't have time to respond. You will always be reactive instead of proactive. And that's what gets me right yes. now when we're thinking about reconsidering your normal. Um, I'm even seeing like people don't understand probably because they haven't been in business long enough, to be honest, they don't understand how quickly things can change and it can be detrimental to businesses. Well, and this is where, to be honest, I mean, if I think back to when I started years and years ago, I mean, and not not even just the running of my own business, but even working, you know, for someone else, none of it is the same. None of it is the same. And to be in a position to assume that if you've been in the workforce for 10, 15, 20, 25 years, that it's going to be the same that doesn't work and it doesn't work for you and it doesn't work for your clients and the people that you're trying to support. It doesn't work, you know, with, with peers. And honestly, that's how you watch things go the way of almost like, uh, you know, the, 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 the mad men kind of thing. Like you just kind of age out because you're not willing to grow or evolve. And I think part of that happens when you don't know, what matters to you and why. There's no understanding of values there because even as I've evolved over the years, I know what matters to me and what the constants are. And I think when yeah. you have a good hold on that, it it really does make a difference. And I mean, you've you've seen so many 
trends and and things happen and ups and downs in business. So I'm actually curious of how you think that, you know, really going deeper and getting concrete on that values work. Like how's that shifted the way that you are supporting clients because you stayed around and so have so many of them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, so I want to give a little story first because I am a big fan of watching documentaries about businesses. I tend to, if there's a new one out on Netflix or Amazon or something, I sit there and watch it. And there's this documentary about Victoria's Secret. Have you seen it? It is on my list. Yes. Okay. So what is fascinating to me, this is a great example of a company that was not reconsidering their normal. They wanted to play the same brand message again and again and again, even when they were losing market share, even when they were getting backlash on backlash on backlash. Um, So essentially the documentary for Victoria's Secret talks about how the man who purchased the brand Victoria's Secret Um, he owns, I can't remember his full name, but he's in Ohio. He owns like a bunch of basically the mall brands we all grew up with, like the limited and things like that. Mm. And in the nineties or the eighties and nineties, he exploded the brand Victoria's Secret. We all saw like the Victoria's Secret angels, supermodels, a runway show. And it was all this very, uh, sexy, built around the male gaze of what sexiness is. Now think about the last five years specifically. (laughs) We're recording this (laughs) in August of 2022. What has shifted in the culture? Well, there's a huge shift towards body positivity, body neutrality, uh, acceptance of all shapes and sizes. There's been a huge push in the fashion industry to be more inclusive in their sizing and the ethnicity of the models of the height of the models of the shape of the models, even models who have uh, disabilities, things like that. Like this has all been a huge push in that industry in the last five years. And here's Victoria's secret refusing to change. So what's happening to them now? Like they're struggling. Mm hmm. Because they're not willing to reconsider their normal. And honestly, it's interesting to me because you start to see, this is where you start to see the downfall of brands who, did they do real values work? Because it seems like from the entire documentary I watched that people kept telling the CEO what the problems were and everything was just built on his personal values, not on the values of a, a standalone brand. And that is fascinating to me because I think the work that I've done with you and with India around digging into the values of my business, it is so deep, but also has allowed me to see how I can respond thoughtfully to things that are changing in the world instead of waiting until there's like blowback and controversy about something going on. When you have such a solid foundation in your values, you're always reconsidering your normal because the world is changing so incredibly fast. And what used to be okay or accepted 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 
often is not anymore. People are no longer here for it. No, no, they're not. And the interesting thing about what you said is that it didn't work for so many people that 10 and 20 years ago. It's just that now they have a voice. Correct. And there was a point that there was nobody to address where the inequities were. There was no one that had enough of a market share that was willing to address it to actually be like, hey, there's actually a whole lot of people that put money in all of our pockets and they're being left behind. There's a lot of businesses that yeah. aren't able to get a fighting chance because yeah. they, they, they can't get any visibility whatsoever. And there's still a long way to go, but it's a hell of a lot different than what it used to be. And this is just understanding this is so powerful because, you know, 20 years ago, companies had a tremendous amount of power. They were able to set the tone. They were able to really create the culture in a lot of ways. And as far as like how those companies operated, it was very much power over their teams, power over their employees, power over the people they sold to, right? That it was a very hierarchical power structure. Mm -hmm. That is changing now. Leaders are not succeeding when they are trying to do, you know, old school power over everybody. They are succeeding when they are sharing power with their teams, sharing power with their communities. It's a very different structure because it's more egalitarian, right? Like everybody's opinions matter. They take into account what the market says or what the market feels or what their people are are saying to them. And we're seeing that shift in real time. I mean, it's really exciting when you start to see what's happening. And I think some people get nervous about that because they've never really understood that might be the shift that's happening. Um, But just think about, I just saw statistics that said by 2030, so only seven and a half years away, um, 50% of people are going to be self-employed in the U S wow. Which means that's a huge shift from people being in a structure, which was very power over, right? This is why we're having this great resignation. This is why all these companies are like now floundering to keep up with all of the uncertainty in the economy. We are seeing that there is going to be this trend of people saying, you know what? I'm tired of the power over. I want to do my own thing. And they're going to have to step out and learn how to co-create with the communities they want to serve. It's going to be amazing. I'm, I mean, I'm excited about it because I know, I feel like you and I are very ahead of the curve because of the way we've been doing business for so long. Right. But I can see how this is going to shift our world. That's such, I mean, and, and honestly, like even just hearing you kind of share that, I'm like, that has such a domino effect. And I'm not even sure how, I mean, and, and even as I think about it, I know that there's things that I'm not even processing in this mm. moment, but I'm like, that would change everything because that would have to, that would mean that the entire system would have to change. How people buy homes, how they get cars, uh, how they get property, uh, commercial or private, um, how it is that people are verifying your um, employment, all of those types of things that have been done in these very cookie cutter ways because it was kind of pushed, oh, go work for someone else. When all of a sudden, 
half of the population, give or take, is working for themselves. Yeah. That is going to make everything have to change. And honestly, it's going to make things have to change to value where people kept saying, oh, we value the American dream and business ownership. Well, they're going to have to prove it because in a lot of ways, it's actually showing people that they don't value you doing that because then if everyone works for themselves, well, who does the work? At least that's the lie that's told about it. Well, the work always needs to get done. That's the thing. There's always work to be done. Um, The nature of work is going to continue to change as it's been continuing to change. But what's exciting to me is seeing, you know, there's a lot of systemic problems that we've been facing, especially in this country, that I think this shift is going to force change in those systemic issues. Like I think about health insurance. Mm -hmm. If 50% of the country are all self-employed, it does not fit well for, you know, our entire society if half of those people do not have access to health insurance. Correct. And things like that, I mean, the it's going to force change is what's going to happen. And so I think when we start going into reconsider your normal, it's embrace the idea that there kind of is no normal anymore, right? Like we have yeah. to evaluate and look forward into where the world is going on a regular basis so that we can adapt and adjust and plan for that instead of being caught kind of unaware. And the people that are struggling the most are the ones who resisted the most, honestly. So, okay. So that is where I'm wondering if you're noticing more people with a desire to, to lead with more values and kind of that becoming uh, more of a, a, a constant and more of the standard because you are seeing yeah. clearly, like we, we have so many examples of what happens when there is no clarity on values or there's just no values at all, or those values exist and they absolutely are not actually working through them. Yeah. They're not using them. So are you finding that more of the people that you're working with are understanding this and really bringing that into what they're doing and how they're supporting their people. Yeah. It's interesting because I do think there's kind of this breaking point between people who are just focused on what matters to them as a solo individual and then shifting into like a higher level of values and creating a Mm. culture and leadership. I think most it's, it's like stage one people becoming entrepreneurs. It used to be, I mean, we all saw the messaging, create a business so you can have your dream life, pursue your passion. All of that Mm -hmm. messaging was really popular 10 years ago because it's easy to convince people to pursue their passion when the economy is going like gangbusters and, you know, it's hard to fail in a really good economy. (laughs) Right. But we're, we're no longer in that. It's very unstable and uncertain. People starting businesses now aren't starting to pursue their passion or to have some dream life. It's out of necessity, right? It's, I can't do what they're asking me to do and juggle all these other situations that are out of my control right now. Like I've seen so many people because childcare in this country, we've lost, I think it's been like something like 20, 25% of childcare providers Oh my gosh. There are so many com- uh, people right now, especially, of course, this defaults to working moms who things like pre uh, 
school, like before school childcare, there's a lot of places that don't have that anymore. And they depended on that in order to get to work by eight o'clock or nine o'clock in the morning. Right. So we're starting to see it, it went from being starting a business to have some sort of level of personal fulfillment to starting a business because of necessity. Cause I have to, cause this is the only way I can provide for my family and juggle all these things. And so I think that's one stage one is people are starting businesses with their value being on taking care of themselves and their family, which is great, right? It's only once they get beyond that and their business gets established and they start to kind of lift their head up, they're out of the survival mode of it. And then they realize, oh my gosh, I can actually create something here. Not just a job for myself, but there's an opportunity here for me to make a difference. And what I see is women who own businesses are the leaders of corporate culture, business culture, because they're creating the businesses they wish they had, that they wish they had when they had to leave. Right, right. And I just saw something on, um, this is a fun company to go watch. If you know what Dubsado is, Dubsado is Mm -hmm. the software system that helps um, service-based businesses do things like scheduling and contracts and like the whole workflow with their clients. I was watching on their social media a couple weeks ago and they were showing like, this is what it looks like when the company was founded by a woman CEO and they had things like a pumping area and in the office childcare and like a gym with a get ready area. Like they had really provided the environment that allow these women that work with them to thrive. And I was like, yes, this is how we're going to change the world is it's not just starting a business because we have to out of necessity, because it's the only way to truly, you know, juggle all the things as a working parent or as a, uh, woman breadwinner, which 40 plus percent of us are the breadwinners, but it's also saying, and how can we create company cultures now? How can we create something new that does it better? Not just, you know, better than what we had, but different than what we had. That's the piece that I think is so important because many of us ended up starting a business because we couldn't work for someone else anymore. It just wasn't a thing. And yet we actually created something that if we had really thought about it and planned it, we probably would not have created the businesses that we did in the ways that we did initially. And having that opportunity to to get to that point to be like, okay, this is no longer just about a dream job. This is me creating a legacy. This is me creating an entity that I can also use to support others and having that understanding that for those of us that identify as women, a lot of that weight of childcare often falls on us. And even if you don't identify as a woman, there's usually one particular person in um, partnerships that a lot of that weight of of childcare or child rearing or responsibility does tend to fall on it. We don't tend to find as many uh, instances where it's a, it's a shared thing. And so being able to figure out what can I do with this so yeah. that I am not having to kind of work within, you know, the, the, the fringes of the scraps of, of what's left. I'm going to work at midnight when everybody's asleep. I'm going to work on the, you know, trying to just squeeze in things, trying to figure out what is it that you know, you actually want to have happen? How is it that it can actually work? And what are the examples that we're setting that 
it can be done differently because that has not been the norm. And so often businesses do not consider someone that identifies as a woman, someone that is responsible for child rearing and how it is that that changes the job, how it is that they need additional pieces of equity put in place, not because they are somehow, you know, oh, you know, women are needy. They need all these things. It's like, no, but I actually do need a level playing field. You can't put 20 extra pounds on me and wonder why I can't lift 50. Yeah. That's not it, how this works. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's easy for us to point at the childcare piece of it because that is for a lot, for a lot of women, that is a, a major factor, but even other things like m- the, majority of people who have autoimmune or chronic health conditions are women, right? So this limits a lot for women because if the world of work is set up with the goal of everybody working 40 hours a week, being a hundred percent productive, but you physically Mm. can't do that. No. Like how are we setting up companies now where we can have, I mean, there are so many talented, brilliant people who just don't have the physical capacity. So how do we accommodate for that? How do we, um, if we actually care about like one of our values is people first. Well, if somebody on my team is coming to me and saying like, hey, this is my capacity and we have conversations about that, then I know what's going on for them and Mm -hmm. I know how to manage effectively so I'm not overloading them. Like I'm never going to give somebody 40 hours worth of work when I know their capacity is like 20 hours. That's a major shift because there are so many companies out there who don't care what your capacity is. And when they're having people leaving the roles, they're just saying, oh, you just take on what so-and-so is doing. And you know, there's no additional compensation. There's no additional support. Like just work more. (laughs) That part. Well, and I'm glad that you also brought that up because, you know, there's if you have children that you are caring for and they may or may not be your own children, you may have elders that you're caring for and they may or may not actually be your parents. You have people that do have, you know, health concerns, chronic illness, autoimmune. There's all of and I mean, literally, we're in the middle of a time where as personally just getting over having um, COVID, like people get sick. And they're not given the space to get sick. People get mentally or emotionally or spiritually ill and they're not given the space to heal. There's always that rhetoric of, oh, work harder, push through. You're not strong enough. That's why you're like that. And it's like, bullshit, you don't make it through this type of, of time in life with all of the things that we've been witnessing over the past few years and you're supposed to just tough it out. That's a lie. It's absolutely a lie. And I think that's one of the things I... I'm really proud of that we, I think we do really well in the CEO collective is I know there is so much that my clients come to me for where they want to make more money, serve more clients, you know, all those things that on the business side are the priorities, but I can't tell, I mean, you know, cause you're in the collective, but mm-hmm. anybody listening, like we have just as many conversations about saying no to things, holding that. to your boundaries, creating more space for yourself, um, taking time off. We talk so much about real rest versus fake rest (laughs) because these are the things that are holding so many people back is we are so like 
entrenched in this old school mindset of all that matters is the bottom line. And that matters, but not at the expense of our humanity. And I think this is where businesses, they should shift in my opinion. Like if you're a business, if you're leading people, if you have people on your team, you have clients you care about, if we are not looking at them as a whole human and not just some cog to plug into our business machine, then Mm -hmm. we're really missing out. And we are going to be the businesses that churn through clients. Like no one wants to stick around because there's no real care (laughs) there. You're going to have turnover in your team nonstop. And we see this all the time. Like we see this all the time. In fact, to me, it's one of the biggest red flags. If I'm looking for somebody I want to partner with or somebody I might want to hire for something, if their team is changing every few months, I'm like, okay, something's going on here. They are probably not aligned with us if they are not treating people well enough for those people to stick around. Well, and that's one of the things that I have really appreciated um, being a mentor in the CEO collective, because there are conversations around taking care of yourself and actually asking for help and being able to receive it. And there's such a willingness with each and every one of my mentees and anyone that I've ever been on any of the calls with to do things differently. None of them are coming in with that rhetoric of, you know, work harder, hustle, 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 uh, do more, uh, less time, like any of those extremely problematic and detrimental and damaging types of, of mindsets, they have not been where they are. If anything, when they come up against anything that seems like it's a ghost of Christmas past, so to speak, of those things, they're like, ooh, <laughs> ooh, there, no, 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 that's got to go. again. Right. And so when you recognize it and there is that desire to want to get rid of it versus, well, maybe it's telling me that's what I should do. That's not what's happening. And it does feel really good to be able to support a group of people that that's not what I want to give them, but that's not what anyone with NCEO Collective wants them to do. There's nothing in there that any of us are pushing them to do that has that type of, of, of foolishness attached to it. And it has been, again, so great to witness somebody that's creating something bigger than just them, really integrating those values into everything. It's easier to fit in than to stand out. The fitting in does not create a legacy. Bi-weekly, India Jackson, the co-founder of Pause on the Play, has conversations exploring branding and visibility. We even had Tara McMullen, who joined India, to discuss how the process of filtering ourselves through content marketing impacts our sense of self. They also discussed why shifting your mindset about credibility from income to impact supports your integrity. I know you're ready to take a listen, so go on over. Own your values and amplify your influence by giving the Flaunt Your Fire podcast a follow today. I think the biggest thing for me as I went through the from implicit to explicit process with you and India I felt like I had a lot of things I felt like people knew just because I kind of talked about them, Mm -hmm. but we hadn't really like fully integrated it into every part of the company. And 
the challenge when you're growing a business at the pace I've been growing a business and you're bringing on other people to work with your clients, um, this tends to be like the last step, right? Mm-hmm. For most people when they're growing and scaling a business is actually hiring other people on their team to work with their clients directly instead of you being the only person hosting calls or whatever. Mm-hmm. And for me, this helped so much because once we sat down and went through this whole process, we could look at every single step of our business, every area of our business and ask ourselves, like, how are we doing this? How Mm -hmm. are we keeping it simple? How are we um, embracing ownership when something happens? And it makes it so much easier for my team to be on the same page with me. And I no longer have the worry of, well, what if they say something wrong? Like uh, chances are they're not going to because we're all on the same page. And so it makes it so much easier to grow because everyone understands like the solid foundation we've built. And that not only allows us to grow, it allows us to grow in a way where everything is so connected instead of, you know, feeling like you're constantly putting out fires everywhere. I don't have that feeling in my business ever really because everybody knows how to handle the situations. Everybody knows what matters to us. Everybody knows what to do. Um, or they have enough insight because of the values and the culture we've created that they can make those decisions on my behalf without having to get me engaged and involved. And that's an exciting place to be. And this, for somebody who's a former control freak, um, I probably (laughs) resisted that a lot. Oh, we all under, we all have that in us, which is hard. And so I'm listening to you. I'm like, oh, I know. I have things that I know I should have let go a long time ago or things that now I'm like, why did it take me so long? Yeah. But it is what it, it happened the way (laughs) it happened. Well, what's funny to me, though, is like when I talk to different people, whether they're clients or on our team, if they get stuck in something, they'll be like, yeah, I just asked myself, what would Rach do? And then they can figure it out. And it's funny when I have, especially clients will tell me this because they're like constantly listening to my voice in podcasts or content or calls or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, yeah, I just asked what you would do. And then I knew what exactly what I needed to do because you say this all the time. And I'm like, Good. Like that's how I know my values are working is, and, and that they understand them, that they're truly integrated into the business and the brand is that other people are reflecting them back to me. Well, and the interesting piece about this is again, being part of, you know, the CEO collective team, you know, I'm witnessing what's happening and it sometimes can be humbling for me as the service provider that you've worked with when I am witnessing things happen and I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I see how this all like has had these long lingering, you know, base impacts of how yeah. everything happens. And I'm like, it, it's, it's such an amazing thing to witness doing work yeah. with someone and then being able to actually watch it all play out to be yeah. able to actually understand how this created this large ripple effect. Because sometimes we work with people and we don't get to always see those outcomes of that. And just witnessing how everyone interacts and the way that decisions are made, the way that you um, are positioning things, but that you're not the one doing every single thing. Yeah. 
and how you also are really imploring everybody to take those values that we all share that are a part of what you're doing and make decisions from those and letting them know that you trust them to do so. Yeah. I'm sure it's really fun for you. Just be, I know the seeing the, not just the external, like what's happening on the marketing side. Cause I know that's where you guys see so many people who come through the workshop and do the work inside pause on the play is you probably see it show up externally. Right. Um, mostly, but to see it on the inside, I bet that's exciting. And it's, it is. it's fun for me now that I'm, you know, as I'm continuing to grow in my own leadership, of course, it means my own, the type of clients who come to us are also starting to level up and it's starting to become such a major part of the conversation. Because like I said, there is a tipping point in your business when you go from it just being about you and your primary needs to suddenly you realize like, oh, I've got a team here. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've got a lot of people I'm helping. Like you start to realize that the work you're doing isn't just putting food on your table, but helping all these other people feed their kids, you know? And yes. that shift is really fun and exciting for me because this is, again, this is where so many people may have started their business out of necessity. But then at some point, once they shift from just survival into realizing how they can thrive. And then they realize the impact they can make by employing other people and building a culture and, you know, really changing the way that we do work. That's exciting to me. So I'm really, really excited to see this next stage of my business, you know, as things continue to evolve because we're, I'm starting to talk about that more and it's getting me really fired up to help people, see how they can take not just a list of random words. Like if you're coming to us with a list of random words as your values, like you're not doing this right. Um, you, please don't do that. Don't bring a <laughs> word salad of random values. But no. you actually have something that becomes like the foundation for all your marketing processes and your sales and how you hire and how you make decisions and how you work with your clients. Like that's where you are building a culture and building something that can stand on its own. So, of course, with that, I have to ask the uh, kind of disruptor uh, question here because I love the fact yeah. that you don't, you're not going to mince words. You're going to call it what it is. <laughs> uh, as we talked about reconsider your normal this entire time, we've we've brought it up, and I'm wondering: is there a normal that you're still witnessing happening in your industry mm-hmm. that you would love for people to actually reconsider? Ooh. I know I'm asking for one. I know there's probably there's more than so many. <laughs> you know, I think one thing I would like people to reconsider, you know, I talk a lot about the end of hustle culture. I think that's happening on its own without me saying any more about that. But something, especially as I'm talking to people who are saying they want to scale their business, do the things that don't scale. Please do the things that don't scale. And what I mean by that is, um, there is a lot of push out in the internet world to just automate everything and to do these massive launches. And it's basically like, how can you get as far away from your potential clients as possible where you never actually have to interact with them or get to know who they are. And I think the pendulum is swinging the other way. I think people are tired of being in these courses with thousands or tens of thousands of people and nobody knows who the hell they are. People are coursed out. That's the thing I hear all the time. And I think people are tired of being treated like all that matters is, 
you know, how much money they make. Like they're seeing the celebrity entrepreneurs go out there who don't know their name from Adam, even if they might've paid this person thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. And all they're seeing is this person showcasing the amazing life they have, but it just starts to feel like a big money grab. So please do the things that don't scale. And what I mean by that is when you are growing your business, please get to know the humans in your community. Please take the time to connect with them in some way. It could be an Instagram DM. It could be um, offering the opportunity for people to jump on a sales call with you. It could just be like, I recently ran the fired up and focus challenge and I commented on every single post. Did it take me time to do that? Absolutely. But I want people to know that when they come into our business and to the CEO collective, that they're not just a number and all we care about is how much money they paid us, that they are a person to us. And we truly do care. We want to get to know them. And that is so different and unusual. It is shocking to me the responses I get from people when they're like, wow, I can't believe you followed me once I joined your program. And I'm like, yeah, I followed you and I got on your newsletter list and I'm watching because I'm here to help you grow. How can I do that if I know nothing about you? We need Mm -hmm. to bring the humanity back to business and prioritize relationships, not just dollar signs. I just need that on a a t-shirt somewhere, somebody, (laughs) because the relationships have been minimized for so long. And as somebody that started their own business at a time where you had to build relationships, there was no social media. There was no online soup that I could hide behind and never actually talk with people on the phone, in person, networking events, uh, a personalized card that was dropped in the mail. Like those things have been coming back more and more. And I'm actually glad to see it. Um, yes, yes it, it does take more time. Yes, there is more effort. However, that is how you create relationships and relationships is where business is really done. And I want to just add on to this the celebrity entrepreneurs in the industry we're in who have struggled with bad press and have struggled with lots of controversy are the ones, in my opinion, who have gotten so far away removed from their clients that they are out of touch Mm -hmm. with what matters. And this is where the reconsider your normal is so powerful because they don't consider it anymore because they're not paying attention. They don't have to pay attention. They've built this whole thing where they're like up on this pedestal compared to their clients. And then something happens, you know, in the, in the world, in the zeitgeist, and they don't know how to handle it. And suddenly they're in crisis mode. Yeah, That's not what we want. We don't want to be building businesses that way. It can't be the power over anymore. It needs to be everybody getting the hell off their pedestals and be sitting like side by side with the people you're helping instead of building people into these like, you know, celebrity guru worship situation. Anyway, okay, I'll stop. I'll get off my soapbox. I know <laughs> it's accurate. It's all accurate, all of it. And treating people like people and understanding that they're paying you and the least that you can do is pay attention. Yeah. That. There was a not a single thing that you said that I didn't agree with. So all of that. 
all of that. And I think we all have ways that we can reconnect and move away from this automated, disconnected, cold, you know, robotic way of doing things because we need to be more connected because we are more and more interdependent on each other than what we realized. And it's better to work on it now than to wait until you realize you didn't create a network for yourself. Yeah, exactly. So before we wrap up, I have one last question. And if it's that, if there's one action that you could have the listeners take, Mm-hmm. after they have taken in this episode, whether it's actually listening to the podcast or taking it in through the article on the show notes page that had accessibility in mind for anyone that just loves to take it in that way. What's one action that you'd like for them to take to create change? Oof. I think, you know, aside from signing up for the next explicit or implicit to explicit workshop, which is just hands down the best workshop I've ever done. (laughs) I think it's, I mean, I will just sing its praises all the time because it's made such an impact in my company. But I would also encourage you alongside that to sit down and really evaluate your definition of success. Mm. I have a whole episode about this on my podcast, Promote Yourself to CEO. And I think it's something we don't consider enough. And if, again, the only yardstick for success is how much money you make, then on your deathbed one day, you will discover that is not it because you ain't taking that with you. You you know, there's got to be other things that provide the meaning and fulfillment beyond just how much money you make. And I think that's one thing that I would love more entrepreneurs to talk about is beyond the things and the materialism and the, um, you know, stacking all the money up. Like, what else matters to you. Because if you're not clear on that, it's going to be really hard to define values that attract other like-minded people. Oh my gosh. I'm, I love that you brought that up. It actually, at the time of this episode being released, we have an episode that uh, we recorded here on Pause and the Play, Indy and I, and we were fortunate enough to be able to um, center what success means to some of our members in uh, the community of Pause and the Play. And it was so amazing, all of the nuance there and the the things that made each of them unique and different, and yet how everyone wanted success on their own terms that felt good for them. And that moment to acknowledge that, like, I think it's such a powerful question that we don't pause to really answer for ourselves often enough. So I am so glad, so, so glad that you brought that up because I think that that is important. And that's a huge part of really understanding, yeah, these values are here, but what does that mean? What do they do? What's the outcome? Why does this even make a difference? What do I want? What do I love? What do I enjoy? Exactly. I am always so excited to have you here because I already know that the conversation is going to be great. And I know that what we just had was absolutely outstanding. So before we go, I know that everyone here is going to want to learn more about you and what you do and how you do it. So please tell the people where to find you. Head on over to the CEOcollective.com. You will find our podcast, a ton of free resources and trainings and all of the socials so that you can connect with me. And of course, if you liked this episode, um, I would encourage you to take a quick screenshot of it 
post it on your Instagram stories, tag me at rachel.cook, tag Erica, tag India at pause on the play and let us know what your biggest insight or takeaway was. We'll start the conversation in the DMs. I would love to hear from you. Love it, love it, love it for being here, for your time, your energy, your expertise and everything just for being you. So, so, so grateful to you. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Erica. I told you it was good. And I feel like I say this every time I have interviews, but they are really so good. We got into so much. And honestly, I'm so glad that Rachel brought up success because you have to figure out what success is for you and how that coupled with your values, that is, it's going to give you so much clarity and it makes all the difference. And it just completely changes how we show up and how we feel about showing up. So take that pause Listen to what she recommended for you to do, and I promise you, it'll make such a huge difference. So every single time that you show up here, taking in these real conversations, while we normalize the challenging things and make them a part of our everyday exchanges, we thank you. This is how together we remove stigma and create real change and connection. Together, we continue to cross lines and recreate boundaries to support, not separate. So. Every single time that we together get people continuing to drop the veil while challenging their thoughts, feelings, actions, and state of being, thank you. Until the next time, keep the dialogue going. Bye. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?